When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Oh, man. Here we are. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNBA show in the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. There it is in the upper right hand corner. Make sure to use the code DNVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Harrison win today after the Nuggets preseason win over the Phoenix Suns. I am joined by Brendan Vogt. It's looking a little empty in here, Win. What's going on? It's looking like uh, this is a studio in transition. In transition. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I did just hear it from the streets. Heard a little whispering. Oh, okay. I was walking the streets, heard something rustling up, uh, put near to it. Sounds like that new studio, Studio A. And back we, in Studio A. Back in Studio A. It's coming together. We're on the street as sooner, very sooner rather than later. Okay. That's where we'll be doing these shows okay. from. This studio has been good to us. It has. But it's always felt a little cramped. Yeah. Great acoustics, though. Real homey vibe. Nice and comfy in here. Yeah. Sometimes the sun comes through, though. The exposed Let's, brick. Gotta love it. Nice look. But little little light coming in from that window right there. But, but it's a, it's a new up. and improved Studio A. Different yeah. space. So excited to get back in there. Yeah. Very excited. We'll be back in there soon, but we're here for now. Uh, not complaining at all. We got a cool show today. Of course, the Nuggets beat the Suns to get their first preseason win Tight. last night at Ball Arena. We're going to go over some of our notes from that game because we were not on the postgame show last night. We were at the arena, so we'll tell you what we saw there live. We're also going to go over some preseason storylines. Are we buying or selling some of these storylines mm. that have kind of been fluttering in the wind throughout the last couple of weeks from training camp and into the preseason. And then I want to get to a mailbag in segment three. So if you're in the chat right now, drop a question that you've got about the Nuggets. Kale is going to start those questions, and then we're going to come back to them. Love it. At the end of the show for segment three. So again, if you're just coming into the chat, what's up? How's it going? Stay a while. Drop your Nuggets question in. We will come back to it and circle back in segment three. First vote. Let's get to some notes from last night. Sure. Let's, let's get it. to some notes. So, of course, Nuggets beat the Suns 107-105. Ish Smith gets the game-winning jumper. That was cool for Ish Smith for sure. My biggest note from the game, though, um, and this is something I looked back at today when I was kind of going over the box score, going over some film from the game, it was Bruce Brown's defense. Yep. And Bruce Brown was one of the Nuggets' offseason acquisitions, of course. They got him for the mid-level exception. I thought he was definitely one of the steals of free agency. I think the Nuggets did as well. He was guarding Devin Booker for a lot of last night's game. And, man, when you looked back at the film, he was incredible. Um, we do have a video of just some of his defensive possessions that I cut up here. And I want to play that, and we can kind of just talk over it. But he had some just 
the high effort, high energy, just extra effort plays that he was making defensively um, to get out on contests, to rotate. I mean, uh, yeah. just the effort that Bruce Brown plays with is is pretty crazy. Yeah, he flies around out there, and it's, you know, sometimes you see guys who excel at focusing on just shutting their guy down, but he's sort of involved in every aspect Look, of Just play. look at this yeah. pressure, man. And he anticipates, you know, where he'll have to move, when he'll have to cheat, you know, when he's got to close Contest in, right just there. like that. I mean, and it was a rough shooting night for Devin Booker, but the Nuggets as a team started with this guy, just did a really good job of... Not letting yeah. him get any easy ones. Man. Effort to contest that one, force another miss. I mean, he had, I think, seven shot contests last night. That was one of the leaders on the team there. He contested he got two the, shots in the same possession. He got the deep hog chain for this effort. Correct? Yeah, he did get the first defensive player of the game. Day. Did you actually see the upgraded defensive and player of the game chain? I, was it you who tweeted that was the best <laughs> yeah. offseason upgrade? Yeah, after it's this video, Kale, go to my Twitter and find that tweet. It's, but it's great. Watching Bruce Brown live and watching these highlights now, I just kept thinking how few options they've had like this right. in the Jokic tenure. And even the approximate options, like I quite like Austin Rivers, but this is another level to me. And... It, when you pl particularly this matchup, right? How easy has it been for Devin and Chris to just walk into whatever they want? And ideally, hopefully, with Bruce and KCP in the fold, it's it's not so easy. Uh, Bruce was awesome, man. Bruce, yeah. Was awesome. The closest thing the Nuggets have had to Bruce Brown is probably Gary Harris. You're right, but yep. I don't think Gary Harris had this type of energy. Just constant energy. I mean, he he is all over the floor. Yeah. It's, it's not just about his assignment. I'm with you. You had a tweet last night. <laughs> can you can you say what that tweet was, what you compared Bruce Brown's defense yeah. to? I can't quite explain it, but he plays ball like he's playing Fruit Ninja. He does. I don't, I don't know what that he means, does. but it feels right to me. He's everywhere, man. And he's so shifty and slicey. Yeah. And like he's... Dude, he's a treat to watch, man. This is this is what we were sold. And like Malone told us after the game, that's why they signed him. Right. He was great defensively last night. And just seeing that, that gave me a lot of peace of mind about Bruce Brown because I'd been a little underwhelmed with him these first two games. I was kind of questioning his fit on the bench unit. There's the defensive player of the game chain. On the left, you have this year's version. That's this year's version. This was last year's version. Yeah. You can't even see it there. You got to scroll yeah, down it, a little. It, just the letters. And I think, wait, was it, was it real? You can see it there, yeah. I don't know. But this is, a, it's a better chain. Yeah, it's there an upgrade. you go. That last year's version was a little embarrassing, <laughs> just to be totally honest. It's like, it's like uh, this year's uh, board that they have in practice. <laughs> There's yeah. levels to this. Yeah. But yeah, Bruce Brown got it last night. Um, but offensively, I'm a little worried about Bruce Brown's fit on the second unit. I think he should be playing with the starters a lot, but defensively you saw his impact last night. I think he's going to be a guy that closes a ton of games for the nuggets ahead of maybe a, a starter or two. I think he's going to be a guy who you can definitely just put on those top offensive options that you're playing against. Right. And he's going to bother them. He's a pest defensively. Offensively, too, I was really impressed. I thought he was, uh, we use this phrase jokingly, exploring his game. But he was working to to create something out of nothing, found yeah. some lanes to the rim, 
some nifty finishes, actually. Yeah. But uh, And then Malone mentioned after the game, and honestly, Calvin Booth mentions this every time you talk to him about Bruce Brown. The guy has played point guard before. Mm-hmm. So they're comfortable putting the ball in his hands, and they're comfortable letting him look at the rim. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about this later in the show, Wind. But there is something, too, maybe – Porter first sub out, Bruce Brown first sub in. We saw it a little last night. We can talk about it. Did we? (laughs) Well, kind of. Uh, But the Bruce Brown element of this, I think, maybe makes like it's it's not just oh Porter staggering with the bench makes Mm -hmm. sense. Getting Bruce in there with the starters makes sense as well. Yeah. So maybe this is maybe this is the avenue. Yeah. Thank you, Alyssa, in the chat for bringing this up. I did see this on Twitter. Bruce Brown, if you go on Basketball Reference, you know how it always has everybody's nickname. That's right. Every nickname that they've been called and uh, from like a somewhat notable publication or on Twitter. Like it's all on Basketball Reference, every nickname a guy has. Bruce Brown, one of the only players I can ever remember that does not have a nickname. Literally not one. It might be our job to change that. I mean, what else would we be here for? Yeah, this seems like you. something right up our alley. Yep. So we need Bruce Brown nickname suggestions. We'll get working on it. Chat, we want to hear from you. Obviously, we know it's organic, but listen, this is perfect. We want players to be Denverites. Yes. We want them to come in and be a part of, of who we are. Yes. I think the fan base embracing Bruce Brown in a way apparently no fan base has yet so far. <laughs> well, I mean, he was playing for Pistons have a good fan base. They do not going to knock on the city of Detroit, but those teams sucked when he was there to put it lightly. Right. Then he was playing for the Nets who I will just call out and say, have no fan. Base. Yeah. No soul so. uh, for now. I like fruit ninja. Thank you, Jordan, <laughs> oh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can do for either ninja way. Man. Either way. I'm really glad that's, I've, He's a Denver That's nugget. not bad. It's not. It's. I don't know why it's apt, but I think it is. Yeah. God, I, it will be a great way to welcome him to the city. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a glove on hand fit, man. He's yeah. a laid back guy. He doesn't like. He likes to do the dirty work on the court. Off the court, kicks his feet up, plays a little golf, keeps his head down. I think this is a good fit. Yeah. John says Bruce Bruce Brown Brown. Homage to Gary Gary uh, Harris. Of course. Harris, of, of course. course. Bruce the Juice, the boss. Maybe there's a Bruce Springsteen play there. There's some. There's the there's boss. there's material, but if there's he plays like if he plays like that, when we're gonna have to get him one ASAP. I gotta say, I like Fruit Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. Me too. Me too. All Wait. right. Um, the other big takeaway I had from the game that <clears throat> I didn't get the chance to talk about really on the post game show. I'm sure the guys brought it up, but I think we should talk about it a little more. A really rough game for Michael Porter sure Jr. Was. Definitely his worst game of the preseason. And, I mean, this game had all the bad parts about Michael Porter Jr. wrapped up into one. Sure did. The bad shot selection. I mean, we joke, like, lightheartedly about, oh, how Mike's eyes must really light up on offense when Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray aren't in the game. I mean, he was shooting last night like he was just... Playing five on five at that, the Y or something. That first shot he took, the fo- the wrong footed one eighty, like yeah. turned around in the air to fade. Listen, this is why, and I wonder if Porter, I, I don't know if he does, recognizes this. Third option is is a nice place for him right now. He mm-hmm. he's if if it's a heliocentric offense around Porter, you're in trouble. I, he's got a long way to go. You know the handle is not there. 
You know, the vision yeah. is not there. If he's going to initiate anything, create anything, he's he he's not that guy yet. And I, I like the way he feasts off the open looks when sharing the floor with dynamic players. And by the way, there's a version of this game where he plays the same way and hits some of those shots. Well, yeah, he's hit those shots before. We joke like Michael Porter Jr. can't take a bad shot, but that's true when he's hitting them. When he's hitting them. Uh, but this is right. This is kind of what it looks like if he's sort of the the one A, and it's a long way to go. You know, he's and even. I mean, the offense was really weird, right? He was just kind of running back and forth, looking for a mid post up, a low post, and kind of in the way a lot. And and I perhaps most notably, the body language really degraded, I think, as he struggled. And think about the matchup. It's the Suns. It's a team that's given him trouble in the past, that's mm. successfully punked him in the past. And so missing the shots, one thing. Taking a bad shot, one thing. The, the kicker, the killer was him sort of putting his head down and kind of moping back up the yeah. floor. I and think. there was one play where that really just punk was punctuated, and it was when Devin Booker got a pick six on him, yep. stole the ball right from him, went down, got a op- wide-open layup or dunk. I forgot what it was. Denver called a timeout, and he just walked back to the bench with his head down. Yep. And just the body language is really bad all night. I thought he was weak with the ball in situations like that. I thought he played soft. It just was the Michael Porter Jr., the bad version that we've seen in the past, um, which sucked. So it was a rough night for him. I think we do have to remember sometimes, and I even forget this. I think about this with Jamal Murray. I don't think about it with him as much for whatever reason. Maybe it's because he played nine games last year, probably, that he did miss all of last season, and he is still getting back into the yep. swing of things. Um, but I think it was more so that he had two okay to fairly good preseason games followed by this step back, this step back. which was pretty disheartening. Um, but, yeah, I just didn't have it. Just didn't have it. Did you, though? I got on the show and said this last night. I really liked that Malone had an obvious opportunity to lean into him, and he didn't. He didn't last night. I think he sort of chose to pick him up yeah. and, and think about what's coming and the work he's been putting in. When, look, frankly, sometimes if you give him an inch to take a shot, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, it would have been really stupid for him sure, to yeah. take a shot at Michael Porter <laughs> Jr. after Agreed. that preseason game. Definitely. Agreed. And it was funny because Malone was asked about him. And you're right. He did kind of prop him up and say, you know, he's he, we're happy he's healthy and we're happy he's playing again and he's going to get there. And he also shouted out a play he had in practice. Do you remember this? Yeah, man. Diamond. He talked about this play Michael Porter Jr. had it in a practice this week or over the weekend where he dove on the floor for a loose ball, got possession, and then like the whole team celebrated. And it was this whole big thing, I think, because he obviously rarely does that. It's probably a rare sign. But still, he made one of those plays in practice. Malone brought it up post game, so I thought that was interesting. You know, I thought his body language got away from him, but uh, our friend Voya was texting me. He disagreed with me about one thing. He thought Porter kept playing hard for most of the night, and maybe that's enough for Malone to say, "Look, it wasn't your result, uh, but onward." Mm-hmm. And look, I, there are a lot of those shots that Porter are, is going to take and going to make. Yeah, but this is like he—he's so funny in that every few games he's going to remind us. When he plays really well, it's going to be easy to lose sight of the deficiencies. And, of course, the opposite is true as well. And that's why 
the real tragedy in him missing all this time is not just the damage he could have done, but the growth he could have displayed. Yeah. If you remember back right before Jamal Murray got injured in April of 2021, when those three were building that chemistry together, that was the period in the season when Michael Porter Jr. was channeling his inner Clay Thompson, and he was scoring like 32 points Not and only dribbling. dribbling three times. That's what was going on uh, right before Denver made that trade for Aaron Gordon. Right. Um, that was when those three were really learning how to play together. It's when Michael Porter had seemingly accepted this role of being this Clay Thompson type guy. Right. And I think that's kind of the best option for this offense. So I, that should be the direction they try to head back. But it'll happen more naturally for him, too, on the floor with the guys who are going to run the offense. And mm -hmm. like he's he's going to take and make open shots. Right. And again, like you said, we joke, no one was surprised to see him take the chance yeah. to kind of open it up last yeah. night. I feel like Wednesday, tomorrow is a big game for him against the Clippers. Yeah. Nuggets are in L.A. against the Clippers. Wednesday, they've got the Warriors Friday at Chase Center. That's their last preseason game. I don't know how many starters will play in that one, but I expect Porter to play Wednesday. I think Porter keeps playing. Yeah. They're going to give him a chance to play through it. Yeah. Get back Jamal on Wednesday? I don't know. 50-50 maybe? If it's a, like the, the hamstring thing. Like, if you go, oh, it's just like a little sore, you're like, okay. But then when you say the word hamstring, I'm like, shut it yeah. down. Jokic Wednesday? I don't know, man. I'm yeah. not expecting it. I'm not either. I'm not expecting either to play, but we'll see. They could. I have uh, one more note on that last game. I'm looking at the rundown. It looks like you have it as well. It was a great Bones Highland game. Yeah. It wasn't just about, you know, you can look at the box score, not the most efficient, but with all the key guys who were down, nowhere to hide, he got challenged by Chris and Devin, both in, and then both ends of the floor. You know, he responded. He went right back at them on offense, was not afraid, found some success in the mid-range, which we're all, we all love to see. You know, it's a next step in his development. But to me, I was even more encouraged. Like, he picked up on what Bruce Brown was doing, and mm -hmm. he brought the energy as well. And it was, I actually think it was Bones who established it on like the first defensive possession of the game. I, he was working, man. And he was, I, I thought there were even some of the, the possessions where Phoenix scored. I just, I thought he was up for the challenge on D and that's really cool. It really was cool either see. Denver's first or second possession of the game where bones Highland tied up Chris Paul yep. on that drive to the rim. And he, he, we saw a lot of it actually, especially when he had to guard Devin who will take some of the, only needs so much separation to get the shot off kind of shots. Bones, when he just sticks a hand up, man, it's so long. He is yeah. really able to contest jumpers. And when he plays with the required energy, he, he can he can uh, be a disruptor. Yeah. What you were saying about how he kind of embraced that matchup, though, was spot on. Um, I don't know if Bones Highland has ever really played against Chris Paul like that. Of course, they played Phoenix last year. Bones Highland was coming off the bench. So right. naturally, he wasn't really matched up with Chris Paul that much. But maybe for like the first real time last night, he was going one-on-one -on -one with him, face-to-face, mano-a-mano. Yeah. He didn't back down one bit. He wanted that matchup. Like he wanted that smoke with Chris Paul. Totally, man. And then Devin Booker was guarding him on the other end, and he went at Devin Booker. 
those guys were John back and forth. He was trying to take him off the bounce. He was getting to his mid-range. That was like a matchup that Bones Highland stepped up for. Um, and that was that was really fun to watch. Really, really fun. It's going to be, he's going to get those moments. You know, yeah. it's your turn, kid. And, and what do you got? And as we, the, the fun part about a guy like that is, you know, mentally he's there. Yeah. He's going to step up. He's going to compete. Yeah. And yeah, Bones, it seems like he's okay. I actually went back and looked at the replay where he got injured today. It was that really weird collision with Torrey Craig that he had in the third quarter. Malone said that Torrey Craig stepped on his foot and it was just kind of a soreness or a sprain. Um, But I think he's going to be good. He Um, did not sound concerned. Yeah. Said he caught up with him in the hallway. Um, And there is a bit of precaution as well there. Like if you, like, you know, Bones had the ankle issues. So if you go, oh, his ankle's sore. It's preseason game. Easy call. Shut him down. Yeah, maybe that means he doesn't play Wednesday. I I could see that just with how many ankle injuries he's had in the past. Yeah, I could see that. Let's hit a break, and then on the other side, we're going to get into some preseason storylines. We're going to tell you guys if we're buying or selling those preseason storylines. Well, much like our show there, ending just about a third into it, uh, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Football season is back, and Mile High uh, is ready to see what this new-look Broncos team has in store. It's been it's been <laughs> underwhelming so far, but it could turn around, and whether it's fun or less fun than you hoped, either way, you're going to wish you had one of those delicious Bronco Country beers from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. We love our friends at Breck Brew, and we want you to try that Broncos Country Pale Ale. It's available in all types of places near you. If you're not sure specifically where, that's what the Breck Beer Locator is for. Google that tool. Tell it what kind of beer you're looking for, where you're living. It'll tell you where to go. Love that. Get the beer as fast and conveniently as you can. Make sure you got it just in time to, um, well, endure that next Broncos game. Who do they play next? Uh, I don't know. Kale, who do the Broncos play next? The Chargers on Monday Night Football. Oh, Chargers. How do the Broncos... I mean, actually, I know why the Broncos got all these primetime games. Because they were supposed to be good. That's right. They're playing a primetime game every single week and just getting embarrassed. That's the thing. They're not going to be able to escape the ridicule. They're like the Nuggets. It's really... It's terrible. Um, All right. Moving on, the NFL action is in full swing, whether the Broncos are firing on all cylinders or not. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, wants you to know that new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. They're going to get $200 in free bets if they do. Uh, In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I've had some luck with this with the G-Men, who are not a good football team. but they are New York Giants. Oh, yeah. They're four and one, baby. Uh, and I built some stepped up same game parlays. Daniel Jones under on the passing. Saquon Barkley over on the rushing yards. The more legs you add, uh, the more you can win. And everyone can get in on this with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Download that app now. Use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. One more time, let's go DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you guys could go ahead and drop the questions into the chat that you had dropped That's in right. right when we started, that would be much appreciated. I think we might have lost them when the stream died. So if you could just 
Type in those same questions that you have, if you remember them. We will circle back and get to those in segment three. But And lay off Kale. It's not his fault. NBA yeah. V-Ball Serbia. He's just over there drinking a fake liquid death. Just minding his own business. You guys want to know how hardcore Kale is? He refilled his liquid death can with tap water. That guy. Stay away from that guy. He means trouble. <laughs> All right. We're back here on the DMVA show, the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wynn and Brennanville. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code DMVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's get into some preseason storylines, Phil. Mm, I'm into it. I want to know if you're buying or selling these preseason storylines that we've talked about, that we've written about, maybe some of them that we've come up with and peddled. Um, but let's start off with maybe the biggest storyline of the preseason. The Nuggets have the potential to be a top five defense this season. Are you buying or selling that? I'm selling that. I do not think they're going to be a top five defense, but I want to couch this a little bit. I buying that they can get the defense to a championship level with regards to how potent they should be on the other end of the floor. I'm buying that they can contain in opportunistic moments, mm-hmm. a quarter at a time, a key stretch at a time in the playoffs in a way they couldn't with the prior roster makeup. But I have to say, Harrison, we've talked to KCP. I've asked him if there are any winning habits he's seeing around the team already. And he said some, but he mentioned the communication isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I think that you've added the right ingredients is not the same as uh, as as cooking the dish. Is that does that work as an analogy? Uh, sure. You got to all put it together yeah, still. Sure. And so that's going to take a bit. And I wonder if that first third of the season is going to place a real hurdle in top five. Mm. I'm selling the top five defense. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that Mike Malone's not right to put that out there as a goal because you want to be shooting for that. Um, I think they can be a top 10 defense. Right. I even think they could be a top eight defense. I also think they have the personnel. I think this is kind of what you were getting at, where come a fourth quarter, sure, come the last three minutes, they can put a five-man unit on the floor that can get stops against the best offenses. Right. And really, that kind of matters more than necessarily your overall defense on the season. I agree, man. It's can you get those stops when it matters in tight games down the stretch. Do you have the personnel? Right. Do you have the scheme? Do you have the defensive IQ to do that? And I think with Aaron Gordon, KCP, Bruce Brown, Jamal Murray, I think, is an underrated defender when he's healthy. Nikola Jokic, I think, is an underrated defender as well. You have the makings of a team that can get those types of stops. I agree. And the conversation, particularly as it pertains to, you know, Bruce Brown closing a game over Porter, for example, Mm -hmm. defensively, that's the first place you look. I don't know if it's about that needs to be like a predetermined decision even, right? That we know when the game hits this scenario, we go here. But Golden State's a great example, right? They wanted to play Jordan Poole. That was plan A. They got to the finals, and there were stretches of the game where it just made more sense to put Gary Payton out there instead. And I think that's the kind of thing where you've got your plan A, but if you need to adapt, like in a Phoenix series, for example, to have Bruce is a luxury they haven't had. To have KCP is a luxury they haven't had. Yeah. 
All right, DeAndre Jordan is leading Zeke Naji in the competition at backup center. Are you buying or selling that? Buying, 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 selling the other version of it. I want to buy that Zeke is really growing into this potential backup five, quality backup four. But we got to see it more. There's been the scrimmages, there's been the preseason games, and it sure looks to me like DeAndre Jordan is ahead of him. And I think Zeke can be a good NBA player. But there's still, I mean, not a tenacious enough, I think, rebounder or finisher around the rim to really sell uh, or cut the, the picture of a, of, a, of a center. So could it, by the end of the season, could this be a different discussion wind? Yeah, but mm-hmm. man, it, it, it sure looks like there's some version of a rotation and that Jordan's ahead of him. Yeah. I'm buying it. I think... DeAndre Jordan is ahead of Zeke Naji in this backup center competition, if you want to call it that. Mm. I I don't know if that's actually what it is, though, because something Michael Malone said last night, I think kind of went under the radar, and I'll get to it in a second. But DeAndre Jordan, I think, has outplayed Zeke Naji so far. I think he's honestly been the better player. Me too. Across three preseason games. Zeke Naji did not have a great game last night. Michael Malone said he thought last night's game was DeAndre Jordan's best of the preseason. I just think DeAndre Jordan has been the better player. He has. And Zeke, honestly, I feel a little for him because I think he's better at the four than the five. Me too. He said in the past the four is his favorite position. It's where he feels most comfortable. I think his skill set is better at the four than the five. Me too. The Nuggets are really seem like they're playing him at the five exclusively almost this year. Um, But when it comes to the competition aspect, just because DeAndre Jordan is ahead in this competition might or might win this competition, that doesn't mean Zeke Naji is not going to play. There are going to be games this season, I think, where Zeke Naji goes into the game as the backup center and DeAndre Jordan does not. I think there are going to be games when DeAndre Jordan is the backup center and, you know, Zeke Naji doesn't play. But there are going to be matchups, whether it's against more mobile teams, you know, teams with smaller backup fives, that I think Denver will play Zeke Naji as their backup five against. So just if he doesn't win this competition, it doesn't mean that he's out of the rotation right. completely. Of there, course. there will be games of course. when he's that guy. But Malone said defensive communication was good from DeAndre Jordan in that last game. Yeah. Which he called the best of his three showings. And look, I don't know. Like, I'm not expecting Jordan to be a stalwart at this point in his career. I'm just not. But all the same, what's the what's the last player? Who was the last player you heard that praise for? Like Paul Millsap? Communication. <laughs> like communication specifically, right? And I think it's something yeah, the team probably Millsap. Like kind of lacks. And and so whether that's on the court or in practice, off the floor, just a presence, if that's something he's gonna provide, that's really beneficial. And and those are some of the ways that Jordan can really help this team. Like he has been around good teams as he and he has been around bad teams. And like he's gonna know what the winning habits are. So hopefully he's bringing that perspective. Malone also has shouted out Zeke Naji's voice throughout the preseason too. I think Zeke is definitely being more vocal this year than he was in Mm -hmm. years past. 
What about this one? The Michael Porter Jr. stagger with the bench. We saw it last night for a couple of minutes. We did. I don't know if it was something or nothing. Um, Look, we know Michael Malone likes to play five-man bench lineups. He did in the first two preseason games pretty much exclusively. Last night for two minutes, Michael Porter Jr. played with the bench at the end of the first quarter. Are you buying or selling that? I'm going to buy. Okay. And I'm going to buy because I think unnet, like inevitably Malone and company land on that being the way. I don't think it's what Malone really wants to do. Even though he's said as much that the plan in the past has been to stagger Michael. You know his trust in Michael isn't necessarily... It's not the first word you'd use. So I don't know if Malone's necessarily champing at the bit to, to roll that out there. But I think it's the way. I think... Porter can get some of those shots up to play more freely to help that bench look a little more dynamic. I think Helio Bones is scary. And like we talked about at the top of the show, most importantly, perhaps, you like the option of Bruce Brown coming in as well and getting mm-hmm. some minutes with these guys. So I think eventually, man, they land on that. I think they wanted to last year before the injuries crept in. I'm yeah. buying. I'm buying the stagger. Oh, I don't know. This is naive of me, I know. I don't know if I'm buying or selling it. I'm selling it as something that's going to become a fixture. In the I'm, season? Yeah, I'm selling it. I I, I think I got to sell it. I got to see it. Yeah, that's fair. To buy it. I got to see it before I buy it. I and don't... We've seen just so many years of how the bench unit runs. Right. Like I'm not I'm kind of buying against what the market's telling me here yeah. based off Malone, but I I just don't know if they're going to have a choice. I don't think the the five-man bench lineup is going to work. So, we'll see how they work around it one way or another. All right. Christian Brown could push Davon Reed for a rotation spot. This was something we talked about a lot this preseason. This is something that people had told us to watch out for. The Christian Brown emergence. Are you buying or selling that he could push Davon Reed for a rotation spot? Christian Brown has had, I think, until the last third of that game, a training camp preseason to forget. I'm still buying it. He's still I'm still buying it. it. I first of all, I haven't been blown away by Davon Reed in this preseason. Have and, you ever been blown away by Dave Von Reed? No. I I got to say, man, he has been a different type of vet than I expected. He's kind of more of a tough shot maker. Than He's really else. not even a vet. It's uh, like his third, You're right. fourth that's season that's in the not, league. Not He's the right like word. 25. Um, role player is the word I was looking yeah. for. Right. But not, he does have this veteran energy presence, about him. He's got yeah. this old man personality. He did have some clutch threes, and he did have three steals. That's true. That's true. He did, he did play well, uh, relatively well in that last game. But here's the thing. <laughs> I thought he was going to be a shoe-in Malone guy, and he wasn't. I don't think he's a Malone guy. He's not. He very quickly found himself on the outside looking in of that circle of trust. And so Brown, while he has really struggled offensively, maybe got the monkey off his back, hitting some shots. And defensively, man, he really has been solid. He has been. I think at the very least, he pushes Davon. Uh, they make each other better throughout the year. Yeah. I'm buying it. I don't know if it will happen at the beginning of the season. I think it will happen at some point over the first couple of months. I like Davon Reed. He's a nice player. He's 
dependable. He's solid. He's okay. He's, like, okay. he's not great. He's he is what he is. I like him, and I think if he plays well, he can hang on to this spot. But I think the best case scenario for the Nuggets is their first round draft pick looking yeah. so good. You'd rather play him. Yeah. Imagine Christian Brown just starts to emerge. He's just this defensive weapon you can put out there on on certain matchups. He can shoot the ball. Christian Brown just needs more confidence, though. Yeah, dude. He's in Tyler Lydon levels. Of... He Tyler Lydon to three last night. Yeah, he did, man. And what we mean by that for somewhat new viewers of the show, he had a wide open three in the corner. His job is to shoot the ball if he gets it open on the three-point line, and he passed up an open three. That's what Tyler Lydon did a lot at Summer League, his first and second seasons there. But Christian Brown needs some more confidence. He just needs some more minutes. I think he'll get there, and you could kind of see things clicking in the wheels starting to spin last night. Me too. After he got that three to fall. So I'm buying in due time. I like when he attacks the rim. I know that the floater mixed bag in terms of results and success, but I think like, he is an athlete. He's a legitimate athlete. And so the, the Leiden thing is, is, is important though, because I think for as funny or just not funny, disastrous as the pick was, and as much as Tyler Leiden was not, shouldn't have been picked there. I think the biggest reason it didn't work out is confidence. And I think that happens to players more mm-hmm. than we know. And so that three he hit from the left corner was huge to get that monkey off his back to see himself do it. Because this is a capable player. I mean, we're not talking about a stiff, man. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Ishmith can be a go-to option off the bench. You buying or selling that? Going to sell as go-to. Going to sell. But I'm buying Ishmith as a nice insurance plan. Mm -hmm. And specifically in how it manifested last night. Bones Highland, knocking all the wood. I would love to never mention his ankles again for the rest of his career, but it's on the table. It reared its head last night, and there's no Monte now. There's no Will. Faku was not good in year two, but he was a guy who put the ball in his hands. So you need someone who can do that. And Ish is, he's a, he's a lifer for a reason, right? He's a pro. Mm-hmm. I'm buying that if you need him to come in and handle the ball, mm. you can survive those minutes. I think that's a good way to put it. I saw people on Twitter last night saying, "Oh, Ishmith needs to be in the rotation." Easy. I would I would slow, slow down. Slow your roll a little. But that's what he's there for. Right. That's what he's I'm there. I'm selling Ishmith as a rotation player. I'm buying him as a guy that you can rely on if you need him to step into the rotation for one game. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, he was really good last night. Dude. He was really really good. Um he ran the offense. He got to his spots. He threw up that ugly ass jumper where he heaves it over his right shoulder. It's like the right-handed Derek Fisher. Starts out here. Um, <laughs> it's not pretty, but you gotta respect him. It it goes look, man, in. those two looked pretty. He had some yeah. swag walking into those two, but it's. I like. They haven't had a lot of vets. Ish has a fun perspective of. He seems to know precisely why he's still here, um, what perspective to hold. But he's, he that was a vet who treated that preseason game like a regular season game, and I thought the rookies came in and followed suit. Like His energy was a big reason why they won that game, mm-hmm. and that's stuff that Malone dreams about, right? Yeah. Come in and just play your ass off 
and that can inspire and galvanize collectively. Ishmith inspired last night. Oh man, he inspired he really me. He inspired me to Dude, be a better I, writer last night, the, the, a better media member. Said it on the show. Sorry for repeating, but yeah, when he blew up that Aiton lob and then somehow made it all the way back out to the corner yeah. to contest the three, like he was, he was the reason they won that game. So it's it's. At the very least, it's just a nice, safe feeling that he can't hurt us anymore. It's a much different feeling than having Faku as your third string point Dude, guard. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Let's hit another break. We'll buy or sell some more storylines on the other side. Also, get to your questions as well. What do we got here, Vo? What well, do we got? That's a good question. Oh, have you ever heard of Ivaka TV? Oh, Ivaka. Tell me about them. Well, they're the reason we went to Serbia, they sponsored that trip. Uh, they didn't just sponsor it, though. They purchased exclusive rights to our Serbia documentary, and that trailer dropped last night on this show, the pregame show and the post, but it's also now out on social as well. If you haven't seen it, head over to DNVR underscore Nuggets on Twitter and check it out and get pumped because exclusive content like that is going to live on Ivaka. And this is what we mean by the Netflix or Denver sports fan. You fill it out. You round it out. With the live games themselves, that seems important. Well, you get it with Ivaka. Your favorite coverage of your favorite teams. That's what all of us are doing, right? Well, you get it with that DNVR channel. And then, look, you get something that you don't get in under other bundles. Exclusive content. We want you to see this Serbia doc. We want you to see your Denver Nuggets. So check out ivaka.tv uh, slash DNVR mm-hmm. and, and look into it. Consider this option and, and maybe bypass a year of of meth streaming or stream easting the Denver Nuggets. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, go to the DNVR Nuggets Twitter after the show's over. We dropped the trailer for the Serbian documentary on there. Like Vote said, only available to watch on Ivaka TV for the first, I don't know. It will only be on there for a little bit. Um, But the trailer's out on the DMVR Nuggets Twitter. Check it out. It got me fired up. Me too, man. I'm, I'm, I get that. I get fired up after watching that. Every morning I wake up, have a cup of athletic greens, turn on the Serbia trailer, and I'm, I'm good to go. Hey, the truth is, Wendy and I were on that trip. We were a part of that trip. We were a part of the, of, of the project itself. But, I mean, I haven't been in the editing bay, man. So that trailer was my, my first look as well That's into sick. what we've been up to. I'm really, really excited. That's sick. All right. Uh, wait, hang on. I got oh, talk we got about, one more. There's usually, more. there's right. usually two reads. Game time. Game time is uh, a new ticket app, and it's the best way to hop on some last-second waves for some of your favorite teams. Uh, that Denver Nuggets preseason game. Look, there's usually open seats there, but whether it's a preseason game or a high-leverage game with game time, it's worth checking for last-second deals. The best last-second deals on. Uh, on your favorite teams. So if you love DNVR, you're going to love game time. The best way to support them is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. Often people will add us and say, look, I've got some extra tickets. I wanted to be there tonight. Yeah. Something came up. It happens last second. It happens quickly. Game time is designed so that you can take advantage of that and find yourself in some dream seats mm-hmm. at some reasonable prices. Yeah. All right, and we're back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast, the DMBO show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code DMVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. A couple more storylines I want to ask you about before we get to questions. The starting five is going to be a seamless fit when they get on the floor together. This is something that we <laughs> talked about a lot. 
during training camp. And then as the injuries have popped up, we haven't talked about as much. But are you buying or selling that? I'm selling actually. Wow. I'm I'm buying their competence. You know, I'm everyone knows I love what this Nuggets team can do, their chances of doing it this year. But defensively wind, I think it's gonna take a bit. And I really did, my ears perked up at that KCP comment about communication and how it's not there yet. You know, this team, I think, can get to a different level defensively, but it's it doesn't happen like that. And there are also, for however hard Malone fought against this, like last year, complacency and bad habits set, set in on the defensive end. There was an air of futility to the whole thing, whether they wanted to admit it or not, and whether they should have admitted it or not. It's going to take a bit. It's going to take work to get back to that place, particularly defensively. And so I'm so confident in this group. But I, I do think we'll see relative growing pains in, in the open. Mm -hmm. I agree with that, but I'm still buying it at the same time. I, I just think it's a little bit of we haven't seen those five play together since the first preseason game. And we've watched two games of bits and pieces sure. of the starters. I, th I think when Nicole Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Kentavious, Caldwell Pope, Jamal Murray get back on the floor together, I think they'll fit together seamlessly again and be very good defensively and even better offensively. I, I just think that's the way it's going to work out. And um, I, I still have full confidence in KCP. Um, I feel like people are down on KCP here. I'm not surprised, man. I'm not. I could. This was <laughs> is the it most because he wears number five and is six foot five and, and has a headband. Yeah. yeah, and started one for eight in his first game. It's perfect. It's beautiful. No, it's because your fifth best starter is your is inherently your worst starter. <laughs> yeah, and when he's with Jokic, Gordon Porter, and Jamal Murray, that's right. Or right. like top um, 60 players. And it'll go around and come around. He'll knock those shots down too. I, I've liked his process. But listen, man, when he struggles to hit shots, and he's he's this is not an infallible player, right? It's a role player. He's not a star. Through whatever those stretches are, it's going to feel a bit like he's weighing it down. It's Every team has to roll a fifth worst player out there with the starting lineup. And whenever you're the first four as good as you just pointed out, it's going to feel it's, you're going to notice it, but where it'll really rear its head will likely be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And those will be the moments where we're circling back and remembering why we were so grateful for this move. Yeah. People were hitting me last night. Though. Oh, Bruce Brown needs to start over KCP. Right, right. Chill, chill. KCP, I still think is the perfect fit at the two guard. I do too. For that starting line. I do. I do too. I just do. Uh, Nicole Jokic's wrist. No big deal. Are you buying or selling that? Uh, um, I'm I'm selling the notion that it's nothing, right? I, I well, it's, yeah, I think we can definitely sell that I, by it's, now. It's something. It is something. Um, it's it seems like it's been something for the last two years, more or less, last two seasons. Maybe going back to the bubble on and off, the wrist seems to bother him. It manifests most. A jump shooting, particularly the three-point shot. Having said that, also think uh, also think that if it's been an issue for the last two seasons, it didn't prevent him from winning back-to-back -back MVPs. That's a valid point. So 
I think he'll be okay, but the wrist is bugging him. No doubt. No doubt. It's so weird because we know what bothered him last year. We know there were some games where it was bothering him more than others. Um, but he still managed, like you said, to win back-to-back MVPs with it. So I I just have so many questions. Like, is it a pain tolerance thing? Right. Does it bother him if it gets hit? And is it fine if it doesn't? Did it bother is him it in a- Eurobasket? Has it lingered yeah. the whole way? Has it Was it lingering over the summer? Did something happen in the OKC game? I, I don't think it. I, I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. I think the smart way to look at it is he's going to be able to get through it. Yes. Um, because he's battled through it before. I think last season when he banged it against the 76ers, if you remember that game, he was incredible in the first half, had like 30 points, banged it close to halftime, didn't really shoot in the second half. But he missed four games, came back, and went on to win the MVP. Right. So if I would have to think it's maybe close to a situation like that and just some rest can help him out a lot. We saw him work out before the game last night. He looked fine. He looked fine. Didn't have anything on his wrist. No brace, no tape, no nothing. Went through a pretty diverse shooting routine where he was shooting all different types of shots. Shot a lot of threes, which he never does in pregame. Um, so it was just a full shooting workout. He was playing one-on-one, one-on-one against Darrell Arthur for like 10, 15 minutes. He looked fine. I saw him grab it a couple of times after jump shots, but it was just a couple. So I am just leaning on the side of a little more rest, and I think he'll be okay. Yeah, and I mean, this is a guy, it's not a lot of off time. He yeah. plays, he lifts. He plays for Serbia. He lifts. He comes back to Denver. It's So it's not like really something he's had a lot of time to just let sit there and heal. But I yeah. trust fully. We've joked about this before, man. It was in the bubble. He was on the injury report with a sprained right wrist against the Clippers. 2020 playoffs. And he was the and the very next night he was the best player on the floor. And the Nuggets just took him right off the injury report. Yeah, that was game three game of three, the Clippers so. series. It'll be like that, I think. I think it'll be something to monitor all year, but ultimately he gets through and plays through. Yeah. We'll see what happens if he plays Wednesday in L.A. against the Clippers. Let's hit some questions, Kale. Mm. I think we've got seven of them. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Grant asks, do you see the Nuggets starting the season off slow with the lack of continuity with Jokic and Murray out? Um, No, I don't. I think they're going to get off to a really good start. They have a pretty favorable schedule, um, kind of favorable, depending on what you think of the Lakers. Um, I think they can still get off to a good start as long as, you know, Jokic is playing and healthy. That's what it's most contingent upon. I think them hitting their ceiling contingent upon everyone, all of that. But as far as surviving whatever factors may contribute to a slow start, that's the Jokic baseline. That's why you. That's why they almost won 50 games last year. So yeah. I think you have to trust that the aggregate talent is still a better situation, even if there are lumps to iron out. Opening out at Utah, is that a win? Yes. I agree. At Golden State? No. I agree. Home versus the Thunder? 
I mean, I should be able to just say yes. <laughs> Is that the toughest game of the three? Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. That's but a win. It, it's gonna scare me. Two and one at Portland. Yeah, I think that's a win. I think that's a win. Three and one versus the Lakers. Sure, ESPN at home. Yeah, give me that. Give me Denver. I don't know. Okay, then versus Utah, maybe another win. So, if they can go four and two in those first six games. Five and two in those first seven games, which I think is very possible. Um, that would constitute a fast start. Yeah, I think that's very on the table. And then they come home for a nice middle stretch of the season. And yeah, I think it could all shape up nice. Yeah, I think they're going to get off to a fine start. I really do. What do we got next here? NBA B-Ball Serbia. What do you think... Is this good for MPJ like to question. see how it is to be first at the scouting list? Is this refreshing for him? Maybe he understands now that he needs Yoke and Jamal. Because gravity of them and unlocking the game for MPJ. Bad example is Jeremy Grant. need to go to the other team to discover that. That's a great point there, NBA B-Ball Serbia. Um, look, yeah, MPJ was obviously the first option last night. When I was talking about him morphing into Clay Thompson, obviously last night that's wasn't the case he was the number one guy but i don't think he realized like oh shit i really need them (laughs) because of last night's game i hope he eventually maybe goes back and looks at the film and and the coaches are preaching that Mm. um but it's an interesting point you would think he would yeah, I don't know if it's going to crystallize into yeah. that conclusion, but I do think he appreciates playing with them. And to get like you talk about the clay thing, I think Porter's fine with that. I think he wants to take and make open shots. I don't know if he needs to be a James Harden. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. I, I I really like his off ball prowess, and and I think he might be as long as he gets to shoot and score. I don't know if he necessarily needs to be the guy. Yeah, I think if. He's in that Clay Thompson role. Jokic and Murray are vibing, and the Nuggets are winning. Everybody's going to be good with yep, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone can eat. Yeah. Uh, Mihail Stojanovic, do you see Christian Brown being a part of the playoff rotation this season? Great question. We talked about this on the season preview series we just filmed yesterday for Christian Brown. I mean, it's unlikely for any rookie for on yeah. a full strength Malone team to sneak in there. But listen, the path is that he's a tenacious defender, and I think you could see Malone making room for more tenacious mm-hmm. defenders. So I could see it. I wouldn't predict it. I could see it. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on it. I think it could be on the table, but I think maybe another likely path is that the Nuggets seem to me like they have a trade to make this mm. season. Mm. They seem to me like they have seven guys who are absolutely in their rotation. Eight, if you count Jeff Green. They might need just one more guy off the bench that they can really, really trust mm. on the wing. Like that, maybe a guy that can slide between the two and the three or the three and the four that is just a 16-game player. Right. If they can go out and get a guy like that, I I think that's the type of guy they'd be looking for via trade. If they don't get a guy like that, Christian Brown could play himself into it just because he can be that good of a defender, and that's what you need in the playoffs. 
But I think I, I, you know, look, it's a rookie, and this is a team expecting to contend for a title. You know, if he's not a part of that, it's certainly not a, like a condemnation. You know, right? Yeah, not at all. Is that a word? I probably not. Condemnation. Yeah, like you condemn someone, but I think oh. I just turned it into yeah. a different word. Yeah, yeah. I'm a writer. <clears throat> Uh, let's see here. Do you think a bench unit of Ish at point, Bones at shooting guard, then Bruce Green and DJ Zeke can work if Malone doesn't want to stagger? I'm skeptical, man. I'm skeptical. Like guys who can all or who are like Bones, good player, Ish, good player, Bruce, good player, but just how it all comes together, you know, like a five man unit. I just the stagger seems important to me this you know, year. Offensively. I like that lineup more than the default bench lineup we've been talking about with Davon in there instead. Because if you have Ish in there, that's another creator. That's another guy who can get into the defense. That's another guy that can make stuff happen. And him and Bones out there can be pretty deadly offensively for a bench unit. Um, But just the lack of size would give me a little pause. Um. I mean, we're also the lack of defense in that backcourt with Ish and Bones would give me a little pause. And and even look, we just saw a great version of Ish, and I yeah. like Ish. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this is this is still a career seven point six point per game. Got like it's not like a get him on the floor at all costs. Well, we watched Ish in those first two preseason games. He didn't really do anything. Right, right. So it's he's a limited player. But I get I get why watching last night. Someone would think to themselves, how do we get this guy on the floor? Because he represented their best chance of winning. Yeah. But like I was saying, I like that lineup offensively more than the bench unit with Davon. Me too. Me too. But again, if the idea is like, let's up it defensively and we're willing to rest some, risk some D, just stagger Michael, in my yeah. opinion. So we'll yeah, see. Don't we'll want to risk that works some out. D. Um, Alyssa. Asked, do you think Jamal will be somewhat full strength yes. by the Christmas Day game? I do. I think that's typically around the point of the season where he starts to get his stuff together. I think, you know, as much as you want to be careful of the soft tissue aggravation while returning from an ACL, it has been a very long time. And I mm-hmm. think Murray, you know, Murray's cleared to play. And he, I, you know, if he, barring re-aggravation, he's going to be ready to play at a high level, I think, at that point. Yeah. I think the Christmas Day game is a great kind of benchmark to shoot for for when um, you can just play Jamal without any, like, restrictions about his minutes and, like, worries about back-to-backs and, and that type of stuff. Oh. He might not play in a back-to-back all season, right. but I wonder if by Christmas Day you're, what, 30-plus games in by that point, you're just playing him as much as you want every night and not thinking twice about it. I This was something that I noticed at practice on Sunday. I don't think we've really talked about it on any show. Jamal Murray had this little hamstring injury, little tweak. It's, it's not even an injury. It's not much right. in that second preseason game. I got the feeling from how Michael Malone was talking about that injury on Sunday at practice that it was a bit of a wake-up call. And it was a bit of a, all right, we actually like got to be extremely careful with this guy. We've got to really monitor not just how much he plays in games, but also practices. 
because in that Sunday practice, Jokic did pretty much everything, but didn't do anything live. He didn't mm. do any of the scrimmaging. Jamal barely did anything in that practice. And I think Denver, after that hamstring tweak, th- look, this is just me. I don't know if this is the case. This is just the read I got from the tone Malone had when he was talking. I think he kind of took a step back and was like, all right, let's, let's, let's just chill for a second. Right. Like, let's, let's not have you practice. Let's, let's take it easy. Um, because look, the most important thing is that this team is fully ready to go by the playoffs right now. Doesn't really matter. It doesn't. So that that's just my sense. I, I just feel like it was a bit of a wake up call that that little hamstring tweak that he had. Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, it's, the thing is, too, prior to that injury, Murray was like the most known commodity almost. Well, well, Jokic, too. But you felt very confident in just throwing Murray at problems as yeah. a solution. Oh, we need more minutes? Give him to Jamal. Yeah. And it's it's going to be probably a little different this year. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Nuggets are in L.A. They did not practice today. They're probably flying right now to play the Clippers tomorrow. Thanks for your questions, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back from the studios. I think maybe the studio again tomorrow uh, for the pregame show. Then we'll have the postgame show, hopefully after a Nuggets win over the Clippers. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hit the like button before you head out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow.